Ohio approved and licensed for disposal. At Ron Evans Enterprises, they specialize in sewage system installation and repair. Ron Evans has a full line of flex pipe, culverts, concrete, and plastic septic tanks, sewer fittings, waterline rolls for the home American water heaters, along with toilets, standard, and ADA. It's all at Ron Evans Enterprise LLC. Give them a call today at 1 800 537 9528 or 740 286 5930. At Vinton County National Bank, we believe in supporting the areas where we live and work. Now, we'd like to honor those who also serve our communities. Our new Community Champions account is especially for first responders, veterans, active military, and anyone employed in the fields of healthcare or education. This account offers rewards, discounts, and other benefits to those who give so much to others. Vinton County National Bank, rewarding those who serve. Would you like to work closer to home, save money on gas, and be rewarded for your hard work and attendance? Then Belicio Foods is looking for you. That's right, Belicio Foods is now hiring for multiple positions and shifts with great employee benefits, an on-site health clinic, competitive wages, and advancement opportunities. Belicio Foods is a company that truly values their employees. Apply online at Beliciofoods.com careers. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Main Street TV. Uh, Jen is out this week, so it's me, but I got Pete here. So hello Pete's there, me, and he's gonna give me a news update from the weekend and a little bit of last week, and just everything the Telegram's got in store. So uh, take it away, Pete. All right. Well, thank you very much, Dylan. Um, but uh, I tell you what, a lot of times we start off, uh, you know, our news spot with. Uh, you know, some breaking story, sometimes it's a, a sad story, a negative story, bad news or whatever, because, you know, that's the nature of the news, it seems. However, we're going to start off with sports this time. Uh, a lot of sports going on uh, here in the winter and uh, in our area on the local level. That's high school basketball that is grabbing a lot of the attention. Right. And uh, there was a big... Uh, a big day-long day of basketball at Vinton County High School on Saturday. Uh, the athletic directors, uh, Waylon Massey at Jackson and N.J. Kite, who also happens to be the boys' varsity head basketball coach, got together and decided that it would be cool um, because, you know, the, the teams play each other at all levels. Well, why not do it all in one day and have a big basketball bash, so as to speak? Oh. Um, so it started as early as 1 o'clock. And uh, it started off with a boys' freshman game, then a boys' junior varsity game, then a girls' JV game, then a girls' varsity game, and ended up with a boys' varsity game. Five games for $5. So, you know, if you went to one game and you went at the very beginning and you stayed the whole time, you, it was a dollar a game. You can't get a better deal these days than that. Yeah, that's of, pretty good. <laughs> of course, you know um, – Jackson and Vinton County have both had active, successful basketball seasons for the most part. Uh, their communities just 16 miles apart, so when they get together to play sports, it's going to draw a crowd. Weather was pretty decent uh, that day, and uh, the Vinton County, um, the Vinton County gym was packed. It was a great day of basketball, and that's what we're going to tell you about. Um, there was a there. It was per, pretty well evenly split. Um, the uh, boys, uh, the Jackson boys freshmen won, 
the Vinton County Boys uh, JV won, the Vinton County Girls JV won, the Jackson Varsity Girls won, and then in the nightcap, the Vinton County Boys Varsity won. Uh, and of course, you know, the main focus on those varsity games, uh, the Jackson High School Girls won by a score of 47 to 35. Uh, this completed a 20 and two regular season for Coach Matt Walburn and, and his girls. Uh, Coach Brent Jones with Vinton County, um, I'm not sure whether they have any regular season games left, probably not, but I know that they're either, if they're not completed, they're nearly completed. They did not have a winning record, but they improved as the season went on. And this turned out to be a pretty good basketball game, this girls game. That is, I believe, Maddie Walburn taking a shot if you're watching uh, the still photos that we're putting up. Um, at one point, Vinton, uh, there were uh, several points halfway through the game or nearly halfway through the game where the Lady Vikings, who were pretty major underdogs, were ahead. However, Jackson got its act together uh, in the second half, pulled away, and won by a score of 47 to 35. Uh, the Jackson Iron Ladies are now 20 and 2, uh, and both of these teams will be entering the tournament this week. As a matter of fact, the Lady Vikings play tonight. Uh, we want to kind of promote that game. They're going to be on the home floor, Dylan. Uh, that game will start at 7 o'clock. Uh, broadcast time will be about 6.45. I believe that is Emma Leeming taking a shot there against Jackson. You can see uh, Kenzie Davis, Sydney Carpenter, and TJ Carpenter watching as she puts up the shot. But in that game tonight at Vinton County, uh, Vinton County is the higher seed, which means they get the right to host the game, and it will be Washington Courthouse making the long trip across southern Ohio to come to Vinton County. That's going to be on WYRO 98.7 FM. Uh, I know Jeff Thacker will be there to make the call. Uh, they're on 98.7, and uh, I'm guessing that Brian Radabaugh, who often is with him on girls' broadcasts, will be there to do it. Our other broadcast buddy up in Vinton County for a long time, Bob Grillo, can't help with the girls because he's one of the girls' coaches. Oh, yeah, that so would be pretty hard. That would be pretty hard. You know, I actually remember in band taking a long trip up to Washington Courthouse, and, yeah, that that drives quite long. And then if you're going from Washington Courthouse to Vinton County. It makes it just a little bit longer. Oh, yeah, I, I remember those trips. But anyway, I tell you what, Dylan, if you're a basketball fan uh, and a, a fan of the local high schools and the teams, and, and you know, that's – way our small towns pull together it's a very exciting time on the tournament because you're one it's the it's because there's an old phrase one and done everybody has the same chance it doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you were during the regular season everybody starts even the score on the scoreboard is zero to zero and that'll be the case when courthouse plays vinton county tonight that's the lady blue lions against the lady vikings the lady vikings on paper are a favorite uh, if they would win, they would advance to the next round, and it would be much more uh, difficult. But um, anyway, as far as uh, the boys' game, uh, that was a monumental clash on paper. The Jackson Ironmen have been playing very well. They were um, they were uh, fifteen. They were fifteen and uh, four coming into that game. Uh, no, I'm sorry, fifteen and five coming into that game. And the Vinton County Vikings had about the same record. Uh, they had not played each other this year. Uh, and the way it turned out, the Vikings led from the very beginning, and they never gave up the lead. They built their lead a little bit as the game went on. And when it was all over, they had posted a victory of 67 to 51 over the Jackson Ironmen. So 
Very impressive win for the Vinton County Vikings. Good momentum for them going into uh, the tournament. Uh, and guess what? Both teams are, are, are in Division II, uh, Dylan, in the tournament. The boys' tournament starts a week after the girls, so they don't start until next week. But on February the 20th, that's a Tuesday, that's a week from tomorrow, guess who plays against each other in the tournament? Iron Man and Vinton County. How'd you know that? Oh, I'm just lucky guess. Okay, well, they, <laughs> they will play each other. And in this case, Jackson, on this new system they used to rate the teams, actually was rated uh, a higher seed. So they get a chance to be at home. So in the return match, Jackson will at least have the advantage of the home court. And uh, Vinton County will be coming off that impressive win over Jackson. So it would be very interesting when they play again. But that game will be at 7 o'clock on Tuesday the 20th here at Jackson. Uh, and it will be on WKOV 96.7 FM with Dan Dobbins, Dan Morrow, and myself. Uh, Dan, Dan, and Pete. Dan, Dan, Dan and what Pete. What did Jen used to say? DDP? DDP. Right, <laughs> right. We all have short first names, so at least that part is easy on the promos. But uh, the Ironmen will be playing uh, in a uh, regular season makeup game that will complete their regular season tomorrow night, Dylan. We want to remind all the fans of that. We will have that on the radio, WKOV 96.7 FM. That is tomorrow night, Friday the, or, Thursday, or Tuesday the 13th. And that game, the broadcast time will be between 7 and 7.30. You know, it depends on when the JV game is over. But that will be a good test for the Ironmen because the Ironmen finished – behind uh, Miami Trace and Washington Courthouse in the Frontier Athletic Conference. And Washington Courthouse is the team that they're playing on Tuesday. Courthouse, the men's team, defeated Jackson fairly easily at Courthouse very early in the season. And Jackson, uh, after that, after those losses, r ran off about 10 wins in a row. So they're playing much better, which you would expect because they have four sophomore starters out of their five starters, one senior and four sophomores, and they have been playing much better. They did run into a very good Vinton County team and lose last Saturday, but uh, I'm sure that they will uh, want to uh, give Washington Courthouse, who is favored, a very good game on Tuesday, and once again, that will be one that we will have. So we're going to go back to Saturday. There was another thing that happened there on Saturday. Um, that was neat. Well, I tell you, let's go back. We have some videos to show you. I almost forgot about this. We're so glad that we add this to our coverage uh, through the Telegram and all our multimedia platforms. Uh, but some of our reporters, when they go out, uh, we do video, post game videos. Uh, if our teams win, of uh, a couple of the players, boys and girls, talking about the game, you know, their performance, the team's performance, and maybe looking ahead. And so, because the Jackson girls won, we have, a, we have a, a video there. And because the Vinton County boys won, we have a video there. So, uh, Dylan, if you can cue it up, let's start with the girls video. I believe that it is Maddie Walburn and Kenzie Davis, who are two of Jackson seniors. They are going to be talking about the Iron, the, the Iron Ladies' 47-35 win over the Lady Vikings last Saturday night. Well, Pete, it looks like I'm having a little bit of trouble finding the girls' interview, but I do have an interview with Garrett Brown and Cobra Sharp, if you want to play that instead. Okay, I tell you what, we will we will go back. If we can get the girls, we will try to do that, but we'll go to the boys. After the boys' game, uh, Brock Netter, who is one of our uh, uh, Telegram multimedia sports reporters, uh, did a video interview of uh, Garrett Brown, and I believe, uh, who was the other one? Cobra Sharp? Cobra Sharp. Cobra Sharp. And... Uh, Fittingly, they were on the video interview because uh, 
Garrett, who is a senior, scored 20 points. Cobra, who I think is a junior, scored 18 points. They were the top scorers in the game. So we know that, you know, when you beat a rival like the Ironmen down the road, it is meaningful. Uh, let's hear what Garrett Brown and Cobra Sharp had to say about their big victory. We knew coming into this game that next uh, Tuesday, I think, is we're going to play them again in the sectional semis. Yep. So we're going to play them again coming up in like 10 days. So we, we came in, we wanted to set a tone, we wanted to send a mes message to them, and that's what we did. Yeah, I think we're I think we're really just treating every game now like a like a win or go home. Even if it's not a win or go home game, we're just treating everything like that. Like, we, we want to go forward. We want to go forward. We don't we want to send a message. I mean, like, I think it was the first play of the game. I drove in, I saw Cobra, he threw it to him, and he knocked it down. I mean, it's just, it's a back and forth thing. I think later in the game, like, actually not later, I think it was the first quarter, he did the same exact thing to me. It's just a back and forth thing, and, it, and that's with every every single teammate on us. We're, we're bonded. Yeah. It's awesome. Me and Garrett's games, we just, we suit each other really well. Like, we, we both know how to drive in and kick in. He's so strong, and we get in there, everybody collapses on him, you know. <laughs> He'll kick it back out to me. So I think, yeah, as a team, we all just, we got chemistry, and we know how to kick it. Well, honestly, that game was like uh, it was a game full of runs, and we had to run first, and we had a, we we ran it harder, I guess. Yeah, and, yeah. We uh, well, I think tonight really the first quarter, like we've had a lot of bad first quarters, like in the past couple of games, like watching courthouse out. We had a horrible first quarter, and we we kind of just wanted to change it. We, you want to have a good first quarter, it changes the whole game, you know. When you start out on top, it's better to play on top than just playing from behind. So I think that's what we really wanted to do tonight. I mean, it's huge. I mean, you saw out here, it was packed. There was the student sections that combined for some reason. I don't yeah, know why that was a good idea. That was weird. But, I mean, it was a huge game. It's it's huge for our mentality, and it's just amazing. Yeah, it's good momentum to go in, you know, take care of these last two league games, win the league, and, you know, just go in the tournament with a, with a nice little room. Yeah, watch the film on them, you know. Uh, you just understand the environment we'll have to play in. Okay, well, that was uh, Cobra Sharp and Garrett Brown talking about the Vikings win over the Ironmen on Saturday. And uh, Dylan, uh, while they were uh, doing their thing, uh, you were able to come up with the girls' video. So we'll be, we'll, be, uh, we'll be doing some equal time here with our ladies. And uh, this is Maddie Walburn and Kenzie Davis talking about the Iron Ladies' 47-35 win over the Lady Vikings there uh, on Saturday. Okay, the Jackson Iron Ladies, a big win. Win number 20, ladies, and uh, tell us about what a milestone for Jackson basketball, 20 wins. Yeah, I think uh, we were talking about this before the, uh, before the game started. We had a chance to be the fourth team, right, I believe, to have 20 wins uh, in, the, in a season. Uh, it was something we, you know, we definitely wanted to accomplish. Um, it's a big accomplishment. It's definitely something that... We'll be remembered, uh, but you know we're just grateful to be able to do it with each other. This is a great group of kids and a great group of girls, and uh, we were facing a little adversity today. Not we weren't feeling the greatest um, as a team, but to come out and get a win like that um, on the road, last game of the season is what you have to do. So. Yeah, it's definitely an awesome accomplishment. We've been working together forever to accomplish these little goals like this, but it's just a milestone that we're. But we just got to keep working for the big one. Okay, let's talk about today, Kenzie. You had a big day and. And, you know, they always say, if you didn't know this, Benton County is a very, very tough place to come in here and win. They've got a home court advantage, almost like, well, almost like Jackson, but, you know, they're very well known for their, their six-man here. And what's it like to come in here today in a hostile environment? And the Lady Vikings stuck quite with you. 
Um, well, it was a tough start for us because, once again, like Maddie said, none of us were really feeling well. It was hard for us to get energy together. The crowd started off kind of quiet, so it was hard to build that energy up. But after halftime, we all kind of got together and just figured it out, and we came out hot in the second half. Yeah, you know, they've got some weapons. They can hit the three. They can get to the rim. Um, they're a good team. We knew we had to pick it up in the second half, and I think that's what we did. Okay, and it's postseason time, ladies. This is it for the regular season, and uh, you guys got the big sectional final coming up, and how far would this team like to go? As far as we can, yeah, for sure. That's the goal. Uh, we have never won a district final, so I guess that's uh, that's you know, kind of what we got our eye on, but you can't you can't get there without winning the first one, so right. you know, we're just focused on that round one right now and just get as far as we can. Okay, great game today, ladies. Thank you, Kim. Okay, well, we thank Red Thompson Jr., uh, one of our crack sports reporters. He's a jack of all trades, does a whole lot for us, including sports videos from time to time. We appreciate that. He is sometimes posts some action shots on the Telegram, and uh, people really seem to like those. So, you know, we may have more of those coming at you. But that was Matty Walburn and Kenzie Davis talking about the Jackson girls, 47-35 uh, win over Vinton County. And once again, uh, Red Thompson used the word milestone, 20 wins in a season. That's one of the best teams in Jackson High School girls basketball history. That's pretty good. Right. So congratulations to them and, of course, the coaching staff, Matt Walburn. They're done with the regular season. The next game for them will be the tournament. And since I brought that up, their tournament game will be Saturday. Their first tournament game, we hope not their last, their first tournament game will be next Saturday. It will be at Chillicothe High School. Uh, the time will be 6.15, and they will be playing a very familiar fo foe, the Hillsborough Lady Indians. Uh, Jackson defeated Hillsborough twice during the regular season, and there's an old bromide in sports. It's hard, awfully hard to beat a team three times in the same season. Well, Jackson is going to have to do that if they're going to move on in the tournament. Okay, speaking of the tournament, we mentioned that the Vinton County girls were playing Washington Courthouse tonight. And we'll have that game on the radio. Well, there's two other local teams that are also playing their first tournament games tonight. This is on the girls' side. Uh, the Oak Hill Lady Oaks will be at Wheelersburg tonight. Uh, that game will be on WCJO, 6.45 p.m. Uh, broadcast time, 7 p.m. tip-off time. And the Wellston Lady Golden Rockets, they'll be traveling to in the opposite direction, north, they will be playing Fairfield Union at Fairfield Union. If you're unfamiliar with that school, it's in uh, it's in um, it's in uh, Fairfield County, which is, and it's east of Lancaster, about six or seven miles. Uh, some of our teams have played there before, but I think this might be a first for Wellston. But that game also 6:45 p.m. broadcast time, 7 p.m. tip-off time, and that will be on 105.3 FM and our companion AM station. Uh, WYPC 1330 AM. So are all the schools into tournaments now? All the schools will be. Uh, the girls, as I said, start this week. As a matter of fact, three of our four teams are playing tonight. Jackson will play on Saturday. And then the boys start the next Monday, one week from tonight. And I think I'll take a, I'll take a quick look because this was just determined yesterday. And I'll, I'll talk about that here in just a minute. But uh, our boys play Two of our boys' teams play on the 19th, the Oak Hill Oaks and the Wellston Golden Rockets, and Vinton County and Jackson, as we said before, they play each other the next night on Tuesday. Uh, that was another thing I wanted to say because there was so much to say about basketball. Let's talk about the boys' tournament now. 
um, on Monday, February the 19th, uh, the Wellston Golden Rockets and the Oak Hill Oaks will both play on the road in separate games. This is in the Division Three sectional tournament. In basketball, you go sectional, district, regional, and then if you get out of the regional, you're in the state tournament. So those are all those leaps you have to make. Oh, whoops. Uh, the Wellston Golden Rockets will be playing, um, they're the 27th seed, and they will be playing at Chesapeake, and that's down in Lawrence County on the river. And Wellston will be the underdog. Wellston is the 27th seed in, sec in, in uh, Division Three, while Chesapeake is the... Um, well, Chesapeake is the sixth seed on the same night, and that's at 7 p.m. That's, once again, a week from, month, from tonight, a week from Monday evening on the 19th. Also, the Oak Hill Oaks, they will be playing on the road at South Point. So both of our local teams, Wellston and Oak Hill, go down to Lawrence County to play their first tournament game. Uh, Wellston, or rather, Wellston will be playing, as, or Oak Hill will be playing at South Point. Oak Hill is the 25 seed, and South Point is the eighth seed. So what that tells you is that both of those teams, if you have, if it's the lower seed, you're considered the higher seed, if you know what I mean. If you're number one seed, that's the best that you can be. And if you go all the way up to 30-some, that's the lowest seed. So uh, in those games, Wellston and Oak Hill are the underdogs. But as we said, anything can happen in the tournament. In the Jackson-Vinton County game, even though Vinton County won, the tournament or won the game on Saturday night. They are tenth seeded in Division Two, and Jackson is seventh seeded in Division Two. So, how do they figure out these teams? This was different this year, and this is worth mentioning. I mentioned this last week when we talked about the girls' tournament. They used to have all the coaches vote. The coaches voted. They ranked the teams. You figure they must know the teams. Well, there's also potential problems there because maybe. Um, Maybe the coaches are trying to rig it so they're playing a certain team or whatever, and that's how they do their seedings. Or maybe they like a coach and they don't like another coach. Maybe some of the teams are all – most of the teams are in one league, and one of the teams that has to be ranked isn't as well known, and that may hurt them or help them either way. So what they did, what the state did, the Ohio High School Athletic Association, they came up with a mathematical formula to determine the ratings. And uh, it's something – called the Max Preps Rating Percentage Index. And uh, it's kind of complicated, but it's strictly... Oh, the Max Preps, they keep uh, stats of the game too, don't they? they? They do. They do, and they have this rating system that they've used themselves, and the state now is using that to rate the teams to the tournament. But the rankings for seeds is based on 40% of... 40% is based on your team's winning percentage. 35% is based on your opponent's winning percentage. And then the other 25% is based on your opponents of your opponent's winning percentage. So, uh, but it's strictly mathematical, and that's how they figured that out. All right, uh, we want to go back and talk about a very special moment that took place, uh, or a, a few minutes anyway, that took place during uh, all that basketball up at Vinton County on Saturday night. And this was a great uh, timing. Uh, for the Vinton County High School Athletic Department to honor one of their very special teams in Vinton County High School history. It was the 2003-2004 Vinton County boys basketball team. And the coaches and team members of that team were invited back to be recognized 
in pregame ceremonies between the Jackson-Vinton County, between the girls' varsity game and the boys' varsity game. And here are these players, and this was uh, courtesy of the Vinton County Basketball Facebook page. So you can see that there as well. We're going to be running it in the Telegram as well. But left to right, you have head coach Matt Combs. He was coach at Vinton County for many years. He just left uh, – last year to become the athletic director at Unioto High School, but still very well known and loved and respected in Vinton County. Uh, and then the players to his right are from the left are Chris Neal, Jared Albright, Chris Bethel, Josh Oosley, Greg Covey, Greg Powell, and Kyle Seymour. And on the end, the right end is assistant coach Chris Eldridge. That 2014, I don't have the record, but I talked with Bob Grillo about it because, uh, of course, he has covered all these teams. He said their claim to fame was, of course, they won the first Ohio Valley, or I'm sorry, they won the first Tri-Valley Conference Ohio Division Championship in many years. So that was special. And then they went on to make the district tournament. They were defeated in the district tournament by a very talented Greenfield-McLean team that featured a player named Dante Jackson who went on to play at Xavier University in Cincinnati. But the significance of this team, according to Judge Grillo, our good friend Judge Grillo, is that it was the first team to win a championship in many years, and it kind of set the tone for what Vinton County boys basketball would become under Coach Matt Combs. A lot of wins, a lot of championships, that became the norm. What the 2014, they were kind of the first one to break through and kind of set that as the foundation for excellence. Uh, in that basketball program. And Pete, you know something else pretty neat about the 2004? Yes. That's when I was born. Oh, okay. <laughs> I tell you, you're making me feel... Here, I, I'm trying to remember back to 2004, and you weren't even... You were just, you were just becoming a thing. Yeah, that so, was, oh, that was wow. Don't, 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 don't remind me. I, I think I've still got my marbles, but I check them every day, I tell you. Okay, on the basketball thing, one last announcement we want to tell you. Uh, the Oak Hill boys game the oaks game against soda northwest last friday was postponed uh it may be it may have been because of sickness because there is a lot of uh, of the flu bug going around for sure don't know that for a fact but they didn't play the game but it has been rescheduled and we want to tell you about that it will be wednesday february the 14th that is this wednesday uh and it will be at oak hill against northwest and very important. It's a conference game, but it's also senior night. It's the last home game, and so the Oak Hill seniors, uh, the, the players, and I suppose the cheerleaders will both be honored uh, in pregame ceremonies. Uh, the JV game will be at 6 p.m. Senior night activities will be between the JV and varsity game, and after those senior night activities uh, and recognition, they will have the ball game. And I'm we'll sure that is the last regular season game for uh, Oak Hill. Um, that game was to have been broadcast, and we're going to make every effort to broadcast it on uh, Wednesday as well. So uh, well, that is uh, up to somebody else, but I know an effort will be made for that to happen. Okay, one last thing on sports. We want to tell you, um, we, we talked about this last week, and we even ran the interview. Uh, Ethan Crabtree, the Jackson High School senior place kicker, uh, he uh, signed a letter of intent to play college football at UVA Wise next year. And of course, we know the story there. But there was a very good in-depth article based on an interview between our sports editor, Todd Comston, and 
Ethan Crabtree that ran in Saturday's paper. Very nice story. Ethan did a nice job on the interview, but it kind of told his story, uh, centering and focusing on his decision-making, not only his achievements during the high school season, but focusing on his decision-making process on where to go to school. And basically, uh, he is going to UVA-wise through two very good reasons. One, he really likes the staff and he likes the campus and where it is. It's a little warmer maybe down that way in Virginia, but also he understands he should have an immediate opportunity to play. And uh, he, will be a, uh, he will probably be a kickoff man as well as a place kicker on extra points and field goals. And he also has uh, talents punting. I don't know whether he'll be needed as a punter because it gets pretty specialized at the college level, but he does bring that as an added value to that UVA-wise football program. All right. Well, Pete, in between basketball here, do you want to go ahead and take a look at our weather? Let's do that. Tell us about it, Dylan. Oh, okay. Um, so it looks like on Monday we'll have – yeah, you might want to do the weather. I'm not good at this stuff. Okay. All right. Well, uh, hey, I'm taking a look at it. I, I'm always checking it all the time anyway. But it looks like, you know, considering that we're in the middle of February, it's going to be pretty decent. I know that it was uh, unseasonably warm towards the end of the week and even into Sunday. Uh, even today, uh, the high is going to be uh, 52. Uh, it's going to get a little cooler as we head into the head into Tuesday and Wednesday, then a little warmer on Thursday, back up to 51, and then cooler again towards the weekend, uh, into the low 40s, uh, around 40, even 39 on Saturday. Pretty good uh, forecast because, you know, when you're in the 40s, you're not going to have snow if you have precipitation and not much chance of precipitation. There's a good chance we may have some today. They're saying 50% at some time. But then the rest of the week, less than 50% and actually no chance of rain three or four of those days. Uh, the weekend looks like it's going to be cold but sunny once we get past Friday or once we get past Saturday. So uh, that is your weather forecast uh, from uh, total media, from uh, our total media platform here in Main Street TV. Well, we also have a travel notice from Jeremiah Shaver. The city of Wellston has announced that Ohio Avenue from East 11th to East 12th will be closed until the end of the business day due to an ongoing water line replacement project. Okay, well, that w I think that was in effect on Friday as well, and they probably hoped they could get that done, and they couldn't. So, uh, once again, that travel situation will continue. It's just that one block, it sounds like, on the south side of Wellston, Ohio Avenue, between 11th Street and 12th Street on Ohio Avenue. Uh, avoid that area. You'll have to go around. They're doing some water line work that apparently is continuing from last Friday. Thank you, very, thank you Jeremiah, for letting us know that. We try to be, uh, you know, as current as we can with the things that are happening, not tell you just what is happening, but what is happening. So... Uh, we appreciate being able to do that. Pete, did you travel to New Orleans? I've been to New Orleans two or three times. Well, I was just curious because I looked over and saw a giant saxophone on your mug, and then I saw New Orleans. <laughs> so I was just curious, like, did Pete go to New Orleans? Well, actually, I've got this cup because Alex Shope, our editorial assistant, went to New Orleans. Oh. And wasn't he nice? He brought me back a coffee mug. Oh, yeah, that he is knows I like nice. my coffee in the morning. This is actually tea this time. And uh, so that is now my number one coffee slash teacup in the morning. Well, so nice. I have been to New Orleans, but he's been there at least once. And by <laughs> golly, he brought me back a cup. 
That's kind of cool. <laughs> exactly. It is a nice one. It is a nice one. There's no place like, I mean, not that I'm a great world traveler or anything, but there's no place quite like New Orleans. Uh, you know, it's known as a party town, Bourbon Street. Everybody knows, has heard of Bourbon Street. Okay, let me tell you how much partying they do. We're flying out early after being there, after staying there for two or three days, Pam and I. That's my wife, Pam. Uh, and uh, the taxi's taking us out to the airport. And we're in the French Quarter, which is where Bourbon Street is. That's the old historic area of New Orleans. And so this is on, um, I think it's a Monday morning. It's not even like on the weekend. But it's on a Monday morning, and we had to go by Bourbon Street uh, to, uh, to get to the airport. And you know what? The street was still closed, and they were still partying with music at 6 o'clock on Monday morning. Oh, wow. I don't think the party ever stopped. Yeah, I, I could never do that, honestly. I can barely make it past 1 a.m. Right. I don't know whether they, it's a relay-type situation. It's new partiers coming in, or they are just the best at partying. <laughs> But it, 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 there's no place like it. I will Kinda say sounds that. Sounds like OU. <laughs> that I've seen. Yeah, it, it, it. I guess you can, you could draw some parallels there. Oh, you've been to <laughs> OU, have you? Yeah. Okay. I almost I, went there. Remember? I, I, yeah, I've been. I went five years there to get my college degrees, and um, I tell you what, I was a, I was kind of a backward kid, and I didn't get too involved in all the fun. I knew it was there, but, uh, but uh, you know, that's, you know, part of, part of. Uh, Travel, travel, and going different places is a learning process, and it's a good thing. It is a yeah. good thing. I gotta say, Rio—they have some partying. I haven't been, but they definitely have some partying. But I, I gotta say, I doubt it's anything like OU. Yeah, probably. Well, it's, it's a matter of volume, kinda. Yeah. Okay. Um, New Orleans has its French Quarter in Bourbon Street, and Athens has its downtown in Court Street. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. And anyone who has visited OU or gone to OU even more, they know what I'm talking about. All right, well, let's go to the regular news now because we've got some kind of important things to tell you about. This was our lead story in our Saturday paper, Dylan, and this was announced late Thursday night, so it was pretty hot news and pretty important news. A lot of details we really don't know, but what we do know we wanted to get out. But uh, the, the Ohio House of Representatives, that's the, uh, one of the chambers of our state legislature, the Ohio General Assembly, they had previously approved something called the Historic Strategic Community Investment Fund, and it was part of state legislation, House Bill 2. Well, what House Bill 2 did, it authorized uh, millions of dollars, millions of dollars uh, being going into, uh, uh, I think, a total of 16 $2 million alone going to our 93rd House District. The 93rd House District is composed of Jackson County, Lawrence County, and Gallia County. And I think it's pretty fortunate for the 93rd House District that the state representative for the 93rd House District is Jason Stevens. Jason Stevens, in addition to being the state representative, is the top-ranking member of the Ohio House of Representatives, the Speaker of the House. So when it came time to award funding um, for local projects through uh, this Ohio House Bill 2, Jackson County did very well, and that was what our lead story was about in our Saturday paper. As a matter of fact, Jackson County itself got nearly $4.4 million worth of projects. $2.5 million are going to go to the city of Jackson to help with renovations to the Jackson Memorial Building. 
Oh, that's great. I remember we were talking about that, how it needed to get some more funding to right, fix it up. Right, and I know that's a lot of money, and that's probably not all what is needed. They have uh, The city of Jackson is asking the Appalachian Grants Program, which is also, also through the state, uh, for uh, the lion's share of the money there, but they've already got this, and so that will help. Um, Jackson will also get $1 million for improvements to the park and trail system, both at Hammertown Lake and to help the downtown parts. Uh, I talked with Mayor Randy Evans on Friday about this to get some particulars, and the city, he and the city officials are going to have to figure out what to do with this $1 million. I mean, uh, they had already asked for money, actually more than this, and so they have an idea of what they want to do, and $1 million, believe it or not, doesn't go as far as it used to. But oh, they are I going to figure it. out how to use what they have, whether it's to start something, uh, whether to do something completely and not something else they were going to do. But it's a continuing process. You can get grants from numerous places, and so whatever you can get, you, can, you take. The city of Wellston is getting $392,000 to do um, improvements to, and renovations to Blamer Field. Blamer Field is one of the historic baseball fields in Wellston. Of course, they have a great recreation program in Wellston that is centered around community interest in baseball and softball. But Blamer Field it's, is by itself on South New York Avenue. It's away from the recreation complex on State Route 327 on the north side. So a lot of money has gone into improving the recreation complex, the ball fields, and, and all the facilities over there off State Route 327. This money will be used to make improvements to Blamer Field. There will also be $300,000 going to make improvements to the Jackson County Courthouse building and grounds in downtown Jackson. We will have to talk to the county commissioners to see how they're going to use this $300,000, but we do know they're going to get it. Also, $200,000, this is the last Jackson County project, will go to the Emergency Resource Center and Food Pantry in Wellston. This is not a government thing, but it's a public service thing. Uh, there's a place on Railroad Avenue called My Brother's Place, and they do uh, Connie Pelletier, uh, former mayor of Wellston, who we know very well. She is the, uh, she's been the director there uh, for uh, the better part of a year, uh, but she apparently worked with the officials and uh, has come up to, uh, has worked to get this $200,000 to make improvements to My Brother's Place. The project will broaden access to community resources. We're not exactly sure how the 200000 will be used, but that's part of the follow-up work we will be doing to report how this money will help these things. But uh, that is $200,000 for my brother's place in Wellston. And that story, if you haven't seen it, it is on the front page of our Saturday paper. And of course, every story uh, that we write is posted on our website, uh, thetelegramnews.com. We have a thing on the, we have a feature on our website called the e-edition where you can actually electronically flip the pages and see each page. We also have the stories individually posted as well. All right, we continue with the news. Uh, this is from the weekend. This comes from the uh, uh, Jackson Post of the State Highway Patrol. This was a wreck, an injury-related wreck that took place uh, in the village of MacArthur at 5.01 p.m. Friday. So this was on U.S. Route 50 within the village limits, and it involved just one vehicle, a van. But according to the patrol, uh, Mark D. Fout Jr., he's 26 years old with a Jackson address, his van was headed westbound on U.S. Route 50 
failed to make it around a curve, drove off the right side of the roadway, and struck an embankment. He was, uh, they had to uh, pry him out of the vehicle, uh, the safety forces did. Uh, it turned out that he sustained what were described as non-incapacitating injuries, means you know he was conscious and able to get up and move around a little bit. They called them non-incapacitating injuries. However, uh, they did, EMS through Vinton County did take him to Hoser uh, Medical Center Jackson Hospital here in Jackson. From there, he was transported to Grant Medical Center in Columbus. So that was a, you know, a late Friday afternoon. Okay, uh, we also uh, want to tell you about another story that we're going to be, that we have covered and will continue to cover this week. And th uh, there could be a major development in this story that occurs on Tuesday evening at the next meeting of the Oak Hill Village Council. One of the big issues facing uh, the village of Oak Hill, you know, uh, the village government as well as the residents and the business community is that the Phoenix Treatment, the Phoenix Center, which is a, a treatment center, uh, a treatment center uh, for uh, substance abuse and recovery programs for male patients, they want to put one of their facilities in the Iron Oak Center in Oak Hill. The Iron Oak Center is the former Davis home for the aged. It was purchased by Jackson resident and uh, Oak Hill High School graduate Patrick Ball, who uh, purchased it uh, as a business opportunity and also to help the community. Big building where businesses or offices could locate. Uh, the Adena Health Center operates a clinic there, uh, and uh, there's some other uh, businesses there as well. I think there's a beauty shop there. Well, the Phoenix Center is interested, and Pat Ball is interested in having them locate into the Phoenix Treatment Center. However, there are some people uh, in the community, and particularly in the neighborhood, who are opposed to this because of the type of facility it is. It is an inpatient facility, an inpatient residential facility for some of these uh, people who are recovering from mental health and substance abuse problems. And this is in a residential neighborhood, so there's lots of uh, you know, residential houses nearby. There's also Oak Hill Elementary School, not too far away, and also Margaret Ann Pool and Park. And some folks are worried about this being in the Iron Oak Center, the proximity to uh, you know, all the families and the kids. Of course, um, Patrick Ball, and Phoenix Treatment Center feel that this would be a great thing for the community and it would certainly help the people who need it. And so that's the counter argument there. Now the village government could be involved in this, Dylan, because um, the Iron Oak Center, as we said, is in a residential area and a zoning variance may be needed uh, from the village to allow a uh, treatment center to go in that facility because it's a, it's a residential neighborhood. So this would put the decision on the backs of Oak Hill Village Council and the Oak Hill Village Administration. So obviously you might have some of the people who have concerns, even oppose the facility, lobbying the Oak Hill Village government, don't do a zoning variance because if they can't, if, if, if it's determined they need a zoning variance and that has not been determined yet, then, you know, they could be stopped from coming in by not granting that zoning variance. Uh, the solicitor for Oak Hill, that is the legal advisor, Joe Kirby, is looking at the city's or the village's zoning law to see whether a variance is needed. So all this played out at the last village council meeting on uh, January 23rd. There was a lot of people there. A lot of people spoke against it. Some people spoke for it. And um, the next meeting is this Tuesday evening, uh, February uh, the 13th uh, at 
the Oak Hill uh, Village building starting at 6 o'clock. And so I'm looking for a big crowd to be there again. Of course, Red Thompson Jr., who's done uh, the lion's share of the reporting, he will be there as well. Now, in the aftermath of, uh, you know, uh, this last council meeting where, you know, a lot of uh, the reporting was uh, on the downside, you know, all the people who came opposing it, uh, since then, the Phoenix Treatment Center has put out information on why they think this thing would be a good thing for Oak Hill. And just at the end of last week, and this was in our Saturday edition, Dylan, the Adena, Adena Health Center, or Adena, the, the Adena Health System, which is based in Chillicothe, of course, they're the ones who own and operate the clinic uh, in Oak Hill. They put out a statement, uh, and it's pretty short, but I'm going to read it, and you read into it what you want. Uh, it says... Adena Health is proud to be providing high-quality care to the Oak Hill community as we have for 15 years. We remain committed to providing our patients with the best possible access to our services. Adena was not at that January 23rd meeting, and there was some people who said, who speculated or thought they knew that if the treatment center comes in, Adena might not want to stay in Oak Hill, but they might not want to be in the same building for whatever reason. Adina wasn't there to speak for themselves, so we reached out to Adina, and this was the statement they put out there. Uh, Patrick Ball, at, the, at that first meeting, January 23rd, he has had communication with Adina. He was uncomfortable speaking for them, but based on his conversations, he said that Adina is 100% committed to Oak Hill, and that means that clinic staying there for as long as Adina wants to be there. That was his understanding. So that is a story that has happened and a story that is still developing that we will be with. Okay, uh, at noon today, the Oak, we're still on Oak Hill. The Oak Hill Chamber of Commerce is going to meet. And, you know, there was the big sesquicentennial on Oak Hill last year where they were celebrating 150 years. Well, a couple of those projects have carried over into this year. And so the chamber meetings, because the Oak Hill Chamber of Commerce, they were kind of the driver of the sesquicentennial. The project that's left over is maybe the most notable one, and that is creating, placing, unveiling the world's largest acorn. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited for that one. Well, we had a, we put a story in the last Saturday paper on where it stood. And, of course, there may be some new news on that come out today because the chamber meets. But the uh, Romar Metal Fabricating, which is located right here in Jackson County, they are designing and creating that sculpture. But... Uh, and, and we have not seen a picture of what it's going to look like or an artist rendering because the Oak Hill Chamber and President Curtis Strickland wants it to be a big surprise when they pull the sheet up and everybody sees it for the first time. There is no date for that when that will be. They're calling it the Grand Reveal, but it will probably be sometime early in the year. They did the hard part. They raised, um, they raised about $30,000 to be able to get the acorn built and do the things at Central Memorial Park security, a base, a sign, recognizing the donors to pay for all of this. And all this money was privately raised. So it is a great, uh, it is a great um, a recognition for Oak Hill. It's a great way to celebrate the milestone of having 150 years of being in existence. But beyond that, beyond community pride, Kurt, Curtis Strickland believes that it can be a tourist attraction. You know, people will drive so. off the highway or come out of their way to see the world's largest acorn because things like that, that's the way it's worked in other places. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the things that Curtis reported on at the last council meeting was 
uh, and he got this information from John Kerry, our good friend from Wellston, who is the director of the governor's office of Appalachian, a very important job. He reported, he told Curtis that there's a good chance that the acorn, the Oak Hill acorn, could get on the what is called the Ohio Art Corridor. And the Ohio Art Corridor um, uh, has artworks stretching along a 150-mile area. Uh, the trail includes... Uh, Items in Circleville, Lancaster, Athens, Portsmouth, McConnellsville, and Zanesville. It's all kind of north of Oak Hill, but Oak Hill, the type of sculpture they have, how big it is, qualifies to be on this Ohio Art cor Corridor. They, has, they have to be approved for it, but it seems that the acorn will be qualified for it. That will be extra publicity that the acorn is there. And, you know, people who want to see whatever Zanesville have, you know, if they're traveling through, they want to see maybe what Oak Hill has. So it is, it is more publicity, more, uh, uh, more publicity, more positive publicity that you have something worth seeing. Mm -hmm. And you get statewide notoriety, maybe from the tourism board and all like that, not just locally. So uh, that, could be, that could be great. But the, uh, the Ohio Art Corridor showcases outdoor art in towns and communities that make up the Appalachian area of southeastern Ohio. Uh, you have to have three, you have to have three qualifications to be on the Ohio Art Corridor. It must be outdoors, it must be free to the public, and it must be large enough, over 12 feet, and the Oak Hill Acorn will be. We know that the Oak Hill Acorn is going to be bigger than the one in Raleigh, North Carolina, because they want to be able to say they're the world's largest acorn, and so it will be. So that we may learn some more news from that today as well, Dylan. All right, so we move on here on the news. And um, we want to report that the um, that um, Colton Village Council had its first meeting of the year. We're going to have a report on that uh, coming up in the paper. Jeremiah Shaver is our beat reporter from Colton. But uh, the good news is that they were able to have a meeting uh, in, in January. They met, but they decided that they couldn't because there's not enough members. Uh, there's six people. There's six council spots but there were only three council members there because uh, some people stepped off council and didn't run for re-election, and so you need four to have a quorum. But they found out that technically, one of the ladies, her name is Stacy Storm, she did not run for re-election, so she's off council, but technically, if you don't resign, you're still on it until they replace you. So that allowed them to have a council meeting because uh, they had a majority of the available members there. So they did welcome a new council member uh, to Colton. Uh, so now they have four members. They're still looking for two more members, but the new member is Councilwoman uh, Kim Freeman. And uh, we might have a picture of her, Dylan, if you can call her up. Uh, this was uh, last Tuesday. And of course, the new mayor in Colton is Jim Milliken. Jim is the husband of three-term mayor, Kim Mellican, who did not run for re-election after three very productive, positive terms as the mayor there. Um, she certainly, as they said, did her time, but she has not really retired from public life. She is now, uh, the, uh, she is now the chairman of the Jackson County Board of Elections, which is a pretty important job. But that is Jim Mellican, uh, Kim's husband, on the left. He had been on council for some time, he, and he has moved from council president to uh, mayor, and he is swearing in the newest council member, Kim Freeman, who is there on the right. 
Kim had been living in Wellston, now lives in Colton. She wanted to get involved and do things to help the public, and that will certainly help the public. Now there are four village council members, which means that they can meet and have a quorum. They still are looking for two new members, and so we want to publicize that. Uh, if you want to serve on village council, uh, Colton needs you. You can send a resume to the village of Colton at Post Office Box 98, Colton, Ohio, or drop it off at the Colton Community Building during their regular business hours, Monday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. If there's no one in the building, the resumes can be dropped off in the payment box, which is outside the front door. If you are running through Colton Village Council, you have to live in Colton, and you have had to live there for, the, for at least one year, and you must be a registered voter. Those are the only qualifications. I think you have to be 18 years old, of course, to be a registered voter. But we'll be reporting on uh, the latest developments in uh, Colton as well. All right, we're running out of time, so we're going to be choosy here on what we tell you about down the stretch. But, uh, of course, we're in the political season. Uh, March 19th is your primary election, uh, Dylan. We're going to continue to tell you about that. Uh, but there was a meet and greet by the Vinton County Democratic Party uh, last Saturday at the community building in uh, MacArthur. And one of the persons who was at that meeting was Samantha Meadows. Samantha Meadows is the only Democratic candidate who are now still in the race running for the nomination for second district Congress. Uh, that's the position. Okay, uh, that's the picture of all the candidates that were there. And uh, we want to, uh, we can tell you who is in this picture because there's other candidates other than Samantha. But uh, in the front row is Lena Featheroff Rogers. She is running for common police court judge on the Democrat ticket. Vicki Maxwell is the current county treasurer. She is unopposed and she's running for re-election. In the back row, in the flag shirt, that's a good way to describe her, is Samantha Meadows running for second, running for the second congressional uh, district seat. Then you have Lynn Harold and Mike Betts, who are both running for county commissioner uh, in Benton County. And um, let's see, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Samantha Meadows, then Jeff V, Lynn Harold, and Mike Betts, all those three after Samantha Meadows are running for Benton County Commissioner. And we will have a story uh, in the Telegram, I think in our Saturday edition, about that meeting and what the candidates had to say. But we do have, if you can call it up, Dylan, a video that Red Thompson Jr. did. He was working hard. He went to the ball game and he went to the political event. Uh, Samantha Meadows uh, was good enough to give Red a statement about her candidacy. If you have it, roll it. Okay, Red Thompson on Total Media Channel and uh, the Telegram Facebook page. We're here with uh, Ohio second congressional candidate Samantha Meadows. She spoke to the Democrats today in Benton County at the community building. And would you like to introduce yourself and tell us uh, why you're running for Congress? Sure. My name is Samantha Meadows. I am the Democratic nominee for United States Congress in Ohio's 2nd Congressional District. I uh, was born and raised in Scioto County out in McDermott on a small farm. I've been a rural Southern Ohioan my entire life. And the reason that I'm running for Congress is because Southern Ohio has been left behind. Uh, rural folks... Um, have not been on the radar of most politicians, and I wanted to make sure that we had a voice in Washington. We have unique shared experiences, and one of us needs to represent one of us. Okay, and one issue that you mentioned today and that 
Chairman Berkeley mentioned, um, Ohio has a problem with congressional districts. Uh, seven plans have been presented. They've all been turned down. Um, it, it seems like uh, the the districts aren't geographical and they're not as balanced as maybe they could be. Sure. Let me tell you about that. I'm the poster child for gerrymandered districts. When I um, was deciding to run, there was about seven and a half counties along the Ohio River from Scioto over to Cincinnati. Um, then those exploded to 15 counties. So we run all the way from Claremont County, the border of Cincinnati, all the way to Meigs, up to Pickaway County and down to Scioto. So I am covering 8,000 square miles and 18.7% of the state or one-fifth of the state or yeah one-fifth of the state and you know it's geographically isolated areas so it's very difficult to get to everyone but again that's another reason that I ran because I'm the person that can get to those areas but you know as far as gerrymandering no that's absolutely not fair. You're not going to get candidates down in this area, which has been dominated by Republicans, which that's a whole different story as to why, which we'll have to do another episode. But yes, gerrymandering is something that needs to be handled by outside folks, not politicians in the state of Ohio. Okay, and the final thing, you spoke up for Senator Brown, um, and you and the Central Committee Chairman Bill Beckley. Uh, Senator Brown, the U.S. Senate is it's very important to Ohio, and you spoke up for Senator Brown today. Can you kind of tell us why the Democrats are so behind Senator Brown? Well, because Senator Brown is one of us. He understands the digni dignity of work, and he, you know, believes in workers' rights. And ultimately, he cares about the people that he represents. You know, Senator Brown um, is the most down-to-earth um gritty will get in there with the people senator that we have in the united states um, we are blessed to have him and i know that he is blessed to have us as his constituents okay thank you very much and uh i hope we'll see you again sometime thank you for having me okay so uh that was samantha meadows who uh is running for the democrat nomination for second district congressman, and I'll tell you what, I think she's going to get it because she is the only candidate. There had been two candidates, but one recently withdrew. That's another story that maybe we'll tell another time. All right, this is going to be a very busy meetings week on public affairs. Dylan, uh, Dylan, here, yeah, you're Dylan. I am Dylan. Okay, <laughs> but anyway, um, we've got uh, several meetings going on, um, governmental meetings. I mentioned the Oak Hill Chamber meeting tonight, Jackson City Council meets. They're going to have a service committee meeting on zoning at 6 o'clock. The Wilson City Board of Education also meets tonight. The Jackson City Board of Education meets tomorrow night. Uh, the Vinton County Commissioners meet uh, tomorrow morning on Tuesday. The Jackson County Commissioners, we want to tell you, normally meet on Wednesday, but they're not having a meeting this week. And then Wilson City Council will meet on Thursday evening. We're telling you all those because this is your government. We want you to know when the meetings are. We're going to always publicize that and announce that, uh, you know, on the TV and the radio and have it in the newspaper. But most importantly, we're going to cover those meetings in person as much as we can uh, uh, after, uh, during the meetings and then report on it in the paper after the fact and also on our other media platforms so you can know what's going on if you don't go to the meetings, and most people don't, frankly. Uh, but... Uh, a couple other things we want to tell you, a section of Mulga Road that is east of Wellston, it will be closed starting uh, 
starting uh, next week on the 19th. Um, a section of Mulga Road will be closed through a bridge replacement project. Uh, the closing will take place just east of State Route 32 between Burrup Road and Hollingshead Road. Also, Hug Your Heart Day will take place at the Park's Edge Event Center right here in Jackson, just a couple blocks away. That is Holzer Health System and some community partners that get together, and they do an event uh, to uh, promote Heart Healthy, and it's targeted at senior citizens, and it's a great day for the seniors socially as well. Uh, it's held in February on Valentine's Day because it's American Heart Month. It's totally free to all senior citizens. There will be a free lunch. There will be valuable services, including health screening. Uh, attendees will also have the opportunity to win door prizes. In the past, there's been some other fun things going on, like games and entertainment. Also, tonight, it will be the first night for the Wellston Rotary Show practice. It will be held uh, in the Maroon Room at Saints Peter and Paul uh, at the Saints Peter and Paul Parish Hall. And uh, the Rotary uh, Show goes back 70 years, and this is the first rehearsal. And don't let the fact that it's a rotary show it's called the rotary show for you this is a community thing they want anybody who wants to be part of it and anybody especially who can sing and likes to sing to be part of it so just show up and the last thing that we want to tell you uh, we want to repeat this information uh, holzer clinic of jackson is having a free hearing screening at holzer clinic of jackson 280 pattonsville road it's going to be this thursday uh and Loretta Louder, who is an audiologist, a trained audiologist, is going to do uh, the screening, and it's completely free. You do have to schedule by an appointment, and uh, the number was put out incorrectly before. I'm going to give you the correct number. It's 3740-395-8462. I think one of those numbers was transposed in what was put out before, and so folks may have had trouble getting through. But this is a great service. Free screening, but you do have to make an appointment, obviously, so for planning three, purposes. 740? 740-395-8462. Gotcha. All right, and uh, that information will be uh, has been on the radio, and we'll have it out in the Telegram on Wednesday, and we already have the correction posted online, thetelegramnews.com. And so there we are, Dylan. We made it. All right. A whole Pete. hour. How about that? Well, you did it. We did it without Jennifer. Can you believe it? Oh, we did it. <laughs> when she comes back, we'll take her, won't we? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for watching, and tune in tomorrow. We got some stuff planned. I'm still working on it, but if I can make it happen, it's going to be really cool, so make sure to tune in for that. And then Wednesday, Tanya will be here, and we're doing another cooking show. How do you like cake, Pete? Love cake. Well, we're going to have some cake, and we're also going to have, I think she called them stuffed pork chops. Oh boy, I like that even better. I have no idea. I, what that sometimes is. I don't eat all. I don't always eat a lot of dessert because I've had enough by the time I get there. Yeah, I understand that. But make sure to tune in, and you can find out what we're doing. Thank you guys, and see you tomorrow. All right, bye everybody.